Hello, citizens of the Imperium, and welcome back to a season finale of Horus Hour, season six. Season six finale. It's This season's gone on for a little while because we had the Horus Heresy 2.0 announcement in the middle of it, so that kind of beefed up the content and we had YouTube videos going on and stuff, so it's sort of expanded this season, but we're, we're finally here. With, it feels like ages since we've covered a novel. I'm with with me as always, my venerable Sigil like Varela. How are you Hello today, there. Varela? I'm doing I'm doing fine, you know, as usual. Good, good. No better, good. no worse. So um, we're finally back to covering a novel. Varela's back in his element, and it's um, it's vengeful spirit. And to be honest, Varela, I'm kind of a little bit in awe because when I started the series. Before we did the podcast, I was sort of planning out what book it. This book is not. It's kind of. It's described as like good, whereas other books are great. But I, I think at least this has been a great book. I've, I really enjoyed this. It had everything that I sort of wanted from a from a heresy novel. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, it had it had drama. It had um, massive battles. It had some. Space Marine on Space Marine action. It had some, you know, close quarter squad kind of thing. It was like as if you grabbed all the board games and just smashed them into one big book. You know? If you know what I'm saying? Oh, right. Um, you got like a skirmish game. You got, yeah, yeah. You got Battlefleet Gothic. <laughs> you got Horace Heresy. You got it all going on. Not yeah, necrom- yeah, yeah. No, not so much Necromunda. There's not so much like gang stuff happening in this one. But we do have. I mean, a there's of, a little bit of gang some stuff. In, some imperial of. citizens kicking about. Yeah, some yeah, good yeah. Human characters—that's always a good staple of a horror heresy novel. Yeah. And then, and I, not only that, it's also like in terms of size, you got like an apocalypse game going on, or it's apocalypse, right? That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you have like some kill team stuff. It's you know, it's everything together, dude. And it's great. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I would almost say this one had kind of gone under the radar a little bit in our in in my eyes at least, and. Um, hopefully this will, this alone will inspire you if you haven't listened to it yet to maybe go and, and re- listen to or read it, uh, depending on your poison and, and really enjoy this book. Cause there's a lot going on. Um, what I will say is this as a spoiler warning before the spoiler warning in this episode, we are probably going to be, we're probably talking about Garrow. We're going to talk about the short story, little Horus. And Vengeful Spirit, obviously, and probably a load of other stuff in between. But those three will definitely get referred to. Um, so if you if you don't want any of those spoiled, I would also recommend going away and, and reading those. Um, all of them, great. So um, also don't scroll up on the Discord because Singh may or may not have spoiled <laughs> Little Horus. Oh, true, <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, no, let's. Um, Let's get into the Thursday ratings because, uh, you know, I say it every time, but we've got some novels, got some absolute novels. So consider that the spoiler warning. We are now in the spoiler zone. Um, so I'll start off on Twitter. I don't. Do we even have any on a uh, Discord? We have I'm, one. <laughs> I mean, what I will say is, I games. I didn't think about it at the time. The Games Workshop have managed to pick the one day we do a regular post. And and are like, oh, we'll do all the Horace Heresy related uh, reveals on the one day that this Horace Heresy podcast does Thursday ratings. Um, just so that they then have to make a YouTube video and then try and do Thursday ratings. So what we'll probably do is that we'll probably have a nice, a well, a well-earned break, I think, for the rest of April after this. Might do some specials. Um, might do, for example, we might do the Praetors again once we've got all of the heresy reveals at the end of April. But yeah, so I'd either there's two options here. People didn't see the Thursday ratings, fair enough, or there not that many people have read this book, which sort of goes back to what I was saying about this flying under the radar. So have we got any on Discord, Varela, or is it just Twitter? Sort of. We sort of have one on Discord. We have sort of one. Well, read that out then. Yes. Alright. Yeah. I gotta prepare my throat for this one. We have Cousin Boris with So Good. That's it. 
Okay, well maybe we <laughs> all right, we'll split the split the Twitter ones then. Um I tell you what, why don't you uh I why well, I'll do Nick's uh and you can do the uh you can do the other the other three. Oh, there's one that's uh oh no, it's not as big. Never mind. <laughs> I, I just clicked on the read more and I, oh no yeah, alright well I got my workout with Nick so I'm going to drink some water in preparation while I get started alright alright I'll, I'll just start reading as you do uh, let's get some audible gulps on that so, so we know you're hydrated <laughs> alright anyways we're going to start out with the irregular uh, 8 miles out of 10 locans just to start off Horus calling Malagurst Mal felt so cringy to me but it shows you that Horus actually cares about his warriors even if he's a genocidal psycho Oh, wait, that's that. <laughs> and also his brothers, as he restores their bloody weapons and shit. Good battle for Mol- Moloch. Uh, poor loyalists, but what I liked most was our boys, the great uh, knights errant. And steps the men of the hour, Loken. Honestly, Rubio is my fave. Can't go wrong with a badass psyker. Loken, inner voices conflicting him. In the end, it gives a bald prick the middle finger. Great. That. I, I think it was in, in Steps, the man of the hour. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Twitter, Twitter Thursday ratings aren't, aren't for the fate of hearted, mate. They're big, <laughs> they're big pieces of work, aren't they? So Yo, you gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just putting my toe in, man. I, I'm just checking out yeah, the temperature, yeah. dude. You gotta, you gotta give me some credit. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, why don't you do the next one? All right, next up, we got Vassal of Ultramar. Unfortunately, I have to give this one a 6. I enjoyed the battle on the planet. Raven had all the signs of being a traitor, so it was a nice twist to see him stay loyal. I have complaints about the mission to the Vengeful Spirit, though. The whole mission didn't make a lot of sense to me. Surely Rus can find horrors without needing a path to be marked. I also didn't like the changes to Loken's personality. I know he's been through a lot, but I don't think Astarte should suffer from PTSD the way mere mortals do. Though, to be fair, I probably would have liked this one more if I had had the Garo Anthology first. That is very true. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, given the name here, he's probably really so sad about what happened to the Ultramarines in this book. Um, no, I, I kid. I mean, that's something to touch on while we're on the subject. What, do you, what did you think about the justification of why the Knights were on this mission? I don't think they went into so much mark the way as they did to just show, first off, show that it was possible. And because I think that at the end of the day, Malkador and Russ sort of knew that Loken was going to inflict some kind of wound on Horus's ego, you know? Mm. Um, not to mention that it, it also makes Horus a little bit overconfident because he, he, he's like, yeah, now I know that the... That, that Russ is coming, and I'm just gonna go like, yeah, leave all the markings, you know, we'll just we'll just booby trap it or something, you know. And I, yeah. I, I, I think at the end of the day, it just speaks to Horus's arrogance after Moloch, you know. Yeah, I also kind of understand where Vassal's coming from. It with hindsight being 2020, of course, and I think it's a small nitpick in an otherwise really good book. Um, is maybe if it had been like that, the Knights Errant did went there to kill Horus, failed, and then sort of Liam and Rustus goes all Thanos mode and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. You know, um, because it's... The the thing about the heresy is, because of how we do the seasons, this is sort of towards... I reckon Vengeful Spirit takes place now somewhere between like a half and three quarters of the way through the heresy. Uh, and it's setting up the events of a novel we'll cover in the future called Wolfsbane, which is basically just before Terror, which is where Rust tries to execute this mission to to stop Horus himself. Um, so it, I think it's done a lot of good groundwork, actually. I think um, I don't know who writes Wolfsbane. I don't think it's Graham McNeil. So I think it's really good uh, inter-author work here. Um, and Loken's PTSD. Uh Definitely, Vassal, I would say go and read the Garrow Anthology. Um, because, yeah, if you've been through what Loken's been through, uh, I reckon you'd be pretty messed up. I don't think it's just that either. I don't think it's just pure PTSD. I think there's some uh, warp fuckery at hand here. Oh, here. do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because of the... Um... Well, first off, the Eye of Horrors that just keeps kind of spawning into stuff. <laughs> But only for Loken. Um, 
the the way it's described it kind of feels like it's some warp stuff going on honestly mm. we'll have to wait and see when Logan next appears although I think it might not be for a while yet if memory <laughs> serves but we'll we'll have to wait and see I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that um, I think you have one more Thursday rating before I make my endeavour to do Nick's justice Indeed, we now have Count Elmdor saying 10 out of 10, one of the key turning points in the heresy told masterfully. There yeah, you go. I, yeah, I think that's true, isn't yeah. it? I think there is, you, whilst it's actually only small part of a story and probably not the most interesting part for me, this is ultimately the book about, we all know that Horus needs to level, Horus needs to fight the Emperor on an equal footing at the end of the series. How's he gonna do? He's only a he is only a Primarch at the end of the day. Whilst he is the best of them, he needs to be able to go toe to toe with this guy, and the Chaos Gods know that. So this book is all about how does he get that power? Um, although, to, to, you know, uh, and again, it was a great book, but it was probably something I wasn't paying that much attention to compared to the other parts. I don't know how you found it. Uh, I mean. It was a very the, the part where he actually gains the power was very short. That's very true. That's true as well. Yeah, I think I genuinely had to rewind it. I think I was just like, I just like stopped to do something in the house while I had the audiobook on. I was like, hang on, did Horace just get his chaos powers? And I only had to do like a couple of thirty second bumps back. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yo, what's up with that gray hair that Horace got growing? What the heck? That's why he's got such luscious eyebrows in the uh, the new edition trailer. <laughs> all that time in the warp you've got those big slugs now right i'll stop uh stop dilly dallying and i'm gonna dive in <clears throat> okay so nick's thursday rating reads as follows vengeful spirit is the heresy equivalent of getting the band back together or in this case the mournable all at once it feels both familiar and as and as if ages have have passed since we first saw these characters in horus rising reading of loken abaddon Axmand, Horus, and even the spectre of Tarek on the same pages, bringing a sense of not only nostalgia for the last days of a great crusade, but also the gut-wrenching betrayals and atrocities of Isvan III. However, this is balanced with a much-changed Sons of Horus legion that warps its uh, wounded... Let's, I think there's a word missing. Warps its wounded soul into demonic stalker or oh, warps his no, I think, I think yeah i got it i just got it apologies like, nick yeah. apologies nick it's because it's gone from one tweet to another so my brain no worky uh but warps it's wounded into demonic stalkers and any humanity it once had has been cast aside the battles of moloch is spectacular uh, the battle of moloch is spectacular fought on multiple fronts with a variety of units and heavy laden with an impending sense of doom we see the fall of a loyal nighthouse, a blood angel's sacrifice, and an ultramarine's last stand with the help of perpetual alleviate. How do you say it? Uh, how do you say that? Uh, I would say Olivia Sureka. Yeah, it kind of reads almost like Olivia in the audiobook. So I was trying to find her on Alexa Karnan to double check some stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay. What, what you said against the best that the Sons of Horus have to offer. This is a significant victory for the Warmaster as he conquers the planet and gains the forbidden knowledge he sought. Even the attempt by the Knights Errant to stop Horus is a failure, but we do see the final act of defiance of Yachtan Cruz, a true lunar wolf. I think, just to stop there, I think this is an 07 moment. I think Yachtan is up there with Argyll, so 07 Yachtan. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> after reading this tome of a battle, there is no doubt that Horus will bring the war to terror. 9.8999 serpent gods out of 10. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot to digest there. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get into a lot of what you've talked about here. I was so confident. The, the first two of Nick's it's five or six tweets, I was like, wow, I'm really nailing this. And then... <laughs> just completely derailed because we had a sentence passed from one tweet to another. So apologies, Nick, about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so much going on in this book. Um, and, and I actually found it really well paced and, and easy to follow, despite the fact that we had how many, how many storylines did we have going? Sort of had like the battle and the, and the night house. So that's one. 
if you if you want to go by like individual storylines, we have the Night House, we have the Invasion Forces, we have yeah. the Death Guard because they're do- on their own doing something, but it's like a really small one. I would I would put them in Invasion Forces. I keep okay, I keep, okay, yeah, so, so two. Then then we have Olivia, so that's yeah. three. Then mm. we have Knights Errant. I uh, almost put Horus. Horus is like kind of on his own journey, right? Yeah, like Horus and the Mournival are kind of on their own. So thing, that, that just it, off the top of our head is five, unless you've got one more. No, yeah, but I, I think at the end of the day, Invasion Forces and Horus kind of... Yeah, okay, so four or five... Right? Four, let's call it... I mean, four storylines to tie together is still um, a pretty big feat. And I think... Um, you know, we we you know we'll be honest. I think we've had a a Graham McNeil novel that we didn't like as much in Outcast Dead, but it feels like he's he's back. This is like this is this is the Graham that I love. The Graham, and I think I messaged you while I was writing. I think he is, in my opinion, I think Dan Abner had a great one-off with um, No No Fear, but I think consistently, uh, Graham McNeil writes the best big battles because I you know, um, we had some really big battles in false gods, a uh, sort of a battle of Davin and stuff that was done really well. Um, uh, full grim where he's done one of the two main looks at the drop site massacre of that and the one in betrayer. So, so Graham's done full grim and now he's done the battle of Molech, which was a proper battle, um, which I didn't really think it would be going into it, but yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, in that sense, what's your rating, Varela? What's my rating? Ah, shit. You want to go first? This is actually a hard one for me. Yeah. Um, I think, we, you know, we've realized how many novels we're actually going to have to cover in this show. And so I've got, I have got harsher. And that's only because I hold Graham to the high standards that we set on him in earlier books. Um, oh, he also did some pretty big battles in Mechanicum. I can't forget oh, Mechanicum. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, my favorite battle, actually. So... Um, this book definitely breaches the nine barrier. I'm gonna give it a nine point two three eight one. Ooh, okay, okay. What uh, about yourself? Does it yeah, breach the nine barrier? No, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I think I think the second highest rating, not counting the tens, I've given was like a nine point eight something. Okay. Right? But like. As all the tens have been degrade, like downgraded to a nine point nine, uh, I'm gonna have to give this one a nine point nine five five oh, wow. four nine one. There you go. That's it. Wow. That's what it is. I did not. I really didn't expect you to put it that high. Is there like a particular arc that's really swung it for you? Uh, I mean, the knights errant on their own for me are a motley like crew. Amazing, sorry. Yeah. Can't yeah, be a Horace Heresy of... novel without a motley crew. Uh, I also I also love um, Olivia's story because it's like for a half the book I thought oh wow this is turning into an Alpha Legion book <laughs> it's, it's happening again and then she keeps talking about John Grammaticus and I'm like oh it's actually not an Alpha Legion book Legion book it's actually a Cabal book and then she just goes like ah yes I I am this very important uh, person to this very important being. And I'm like, ooh, okay, hold up. I was not expecting that at all. That is like, wow, you know? So, yeah, th- those two definitely stood out. Uh, then I-, I-, I found it kind of weird uh, about the Blood Angels. Like, the Blood Angels are the only strange thing for me. Because it's like, at the beginning of the book, it's almost like they're going to get their own arc. And then they just kind of kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I like I like that in a way though. It's like not not every you can't you you don't have plot armor in the Horus Heresy just because you're a captain or or a um, legate in the case of the Ultramarines who don't make it through this book. There's it, I think it shows a few the futility of the battle, um, and I mean like the Ultramarines arc is like is kind of brief. Um, uh, in in nature, it, none of those guys are going to go on to carry on their arc, are they either? So, um, I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about them, you know, for possibly running away, because uh, I don't think that's um, 
I didn't think that's how 30k Ultramarines would do something. If they've been given an order to defend Moloch, surely they would see that out come hell or high water, which they inevitably do. Um, yeah, so where to sort of start with the actual arcs? Um, let's, I guess we'll start with the big one, in, at least in my opinion, um, because I've got a lot of time for Garvey or Loken is the Knight's Errant arc. Um, the um, sort of the Knight's Errant it, it's interesting. I feel like this is a it was obviously a culmination of the Knight's Errant, wasn't it? I think the Garrow short stories that have been floating around, James Swallow is building up this organization and then and, and we know what they're gonna the very few that survive are gonna go on to inevitably find. But this was almost like this is their big mission in the Horus Heresy as an actual unit is to go uh, as the Pathfinders, as they're dubbed, aren't they, in this book, to go yeah. and mark mark the ship. I think you're right. I think Malkador is operating on some 6D chess that's not really acknowledged in the book um, because they choose they choose Loken for, you know, for the task, don't they? And they have him almost play, they have him playing, is it Regicide? Or is it, oh no, it's not Regicide. Uh, it's, it's like a, weird game. it's like a indie game. From Malkador Studios. Uh, no, no, it was actually Russ that made that variant. Yeah, it said in the book. It's, that's um... true. That's true. So Russ always wins and um, sort of testing Loken. I think it was just a test if Loken was still psycho or not. Um, was one of the main sort of ulterior motives of that game. And yeah, I mean, we get a, we get a lot of Loken. We get him learning the the humans that he had befriended in the opening trilogy have in fact survived and he nearly kills Yacton Cruz because Yacton Cruz is aware of them and never tells Loken um, once they've linked back up. And Mercedes Ollerton in particular is in prison because they can't trust, you know, Dawn doesn't trust her essentially. Um, and, you know, it shows Loke, a Loken who is very much on edge with his mental state sort of culminating in its um i don't know what's the word it's not like snapping but you know when he gets on the vengeful spirit he, everything sort of comes to the forefront for him um and in the end it almost provides him a, a like a moment of clarity in my opinion it, you know by getting it all out the way in front of horace it allows him to finally sort of choose because he never, he, you know, he didn't get, he didn't get that choice, did he? He just got, he got put on Istvan. Um, after, you know, not through any particular fault of his own, um, him and Torgarden sort of split, on, on you know, to one side of a Mournival, and the other half make sure that they're they're part of the cull. So that that's that's how I kind of feel like Loken's overall story works in this book because. We've all, he's almost already recovered from Garrow, right? Like he's he's a lot better than he was in Garrow, but then he gets a lot of tests in this book, which potentially break him back down to how Garrow found him. I don't know oh, if yeah. you if you agree or if you've uh, got anything further to expand on Loken there. I don't think he's too far removed from um, Istvan three, um, Kerberos or Cerberus or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's too far removed from it. It's just that like fine line that at the end of the day we all walk right between just being complete batshit insane and Speak being for a yourself, person, buddy. You know. Sorry, I mean, is that how I you mean, is that how you operate? No, oh, okay. no. But you yeah. know, any any one of us could just experience one thing, and you know. Okay, I get you. Over. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think Loken, you know, he's already experienced it, and he's kind of like on a tight rope, you know, and he's just about to lose his balance uh and fall back down and i i think at the end of the day that this is just him um you know after the whole thing just reaching solid ground you know because uh, he's never really out of the cerberus thing like at one point he even snaps into the cerberus character for like a half second i think right yeah he's so, kind of a he's a burden to the pathfinders once he's actually on board the vengeful spirit yeah yeah he doesn't yeah. fight or anything he just doesn't shoot well at one point he fights um but it, like it was a bit late, and then yeah. you know, in the armory he doesn't fight at all and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I I think that's essentially it. It's more like not not only is not not only is Malkador and Rose trying to 
get this guy to wound Horus. At the end of the day, I think Malkador himself like realizes, oh, like like he's gonna be a really good asset, but like only if he does this, you know, mm. that kind of thing too. So, yeah, at the end of the day, like the whole vengeful spirit arc was something that Loken needed, and I guess that's why even though Russ went like, yeah, he's not worth it because he he, he, don't, he didn't adapt fast enough. Malkador's like, no, he is worth. I am telling you. You, you will take him with you. That's right. Uh, and yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, he does prove to be exactly that, even though, yeah, he's been on a freeing rope the whole time. That's right. And, and you know, there's a, you know, I, you have to forgive me because a lot of the Knights Errant sort of merged uh, once they were uh, sort of all gathered. So was it the Space Wolf? Uh, you know, as Loki as Loken's are potentially about to re-swear fealty to Horus, this space wolf is going through like he never trusted Loken. Now, is it, am I right that it was a space wolf? Am I bottling it? It was a space wolf, but it yeah. wasn't that he never trusted him. It was more like, if I feel like you're going back, I'm going to kill you instantly. Yeah. You ever watched Hunger Games? Yes. Yeah. I mean, spoilers for Hunger Games. It's for quite old <laughs> now, though. But it's kind of like Peter, right? And it's like Peter and Gale. And Gail's like, if you go back to bat shit again, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna kill you, because you're gonna hurt my lady. But you know, in this case, it's a space where he's like, you're gonna hurt the mission, and the mission is the priority. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool to see. And talking a little bit about Little Horus, both as a character and as a short story, um, without telling the whole short story, um, essentially. I mean, it's it's a really, and you know, a really good piece, character piece by Dan Abnett about Little Horace, and like it keeps talking about his face and how his his face sort of keeps getting dour and dour as different events change him, and it sort of uses repeating sentences. And basically, through the book, he is sort of mired with this feeling and this sort of emotion and he can't place it and there's something sort of lurking in the corner of every time he closes his eyes and stuff and um essentially he goes to dwell the there's the battle of dwellers to sort of focus of the short story um which is obviously where vengeful spirit starts right sort of in the aftermath of the battle of dwell um uh, yeah so little, little horus is part of the spear tip on dwell and it's re- there's this really cool moment to be fair, but I will tell you about, you know, I'll tell you the best hits of the book is he goes into, they're fighting their way through these humans, um, but they're like sort of, they're, they're imperial, but at the same time, they're kind of like, they've held on. They're a bit like some of these like weird races we encountered in sort of great crusade stories where they're like humans with sort of proto technology of various stuff. Yo, it's the squat. This one is not the squat. <laughs> Squats confirmed back. Oh yes, squats are back. Now stop asking. Everyone can <laughs> shut up about squats for ever now because they're here. Um, Gib squat. Uh, but yeah, so so he's they're fighting these sort of pro these sort of almost proto Astartes, and it's kind of like Abaddon's been slowed down by a human. Like, what's going on? Um, and they know that these forces are being organized and run by uh, what's called the Shattered Legions force. Um, Shattered Legions, I associate mainly with what we've seen in like Vulcan lives. So Raven Guard, Iron Hands and Salamanders. Uh, but it is a general reference to basically any groups that have had their outfits destroyed or separated and then formed together to fight. And you can have Shattered in the, in the tabletop, you could have Shattered Legions for traitors and loyalists. So it's a Shattered Legions force. And we know that it's led by this guy called Shadrach Medusan. As you know, Inventual Spirit is a badass. because he's Also known as Chadrach Chadrach, Chadrach Medusan <laughs> with his fire raptor gunships just going ham. Um, and so basically, Little Horse goes into this chamber. He fights his way through ahead of like his boys. Maybe, and he fights Shadrach Medusan's number two. And He's like he kill he like mortally wounds him and it's, it's just oh my god Dan Abner dialogue is so good man and he's like you know 
honestly, what is what is the point? Why are you defending this room? Why are you defending this room? And uh, he's like, this guy's dying, and he's like, well, we fought. We basically he says we thought Horus would have the balls to lead this himself, but because you know, but he's not here. So off, so high-ranking officers like you are gonna have to do. And little Horus is like, mate, I've already killed you. Well, what's the what's the problem here? Wait, about to die. why do I hear boss music? <laughs> and then and he's like, he can he can hear breathing, and then just like fucking the the, the sort of dust-covered white scars just burst out from every corner of the room, and it's just like white scars kill team. Um, and basically now they're just going to go for like anyone of importance in the Sons of Horus spear tip. And they're, so they're like killing all of little Horus's lieutenants and they're fighting. And Kubal Khan is, is, is leading this force. And wasn't it Hubal Khan? Yeah. 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 So, and what ends up happening is I showed a picture on discord. That's what I accidentally spoiled. There's some really good artwork, quite gruesome artwork, but Kubal Khan takes, um, the Iron Hands, so Shadrach Medusons number two, takes that sword, so his Iron Hands big broadsword, and literally just shaves the front of Little Horus's face off. Um, and so when Little Horus, when that happens to him, um, and Hibukan actually escapes because, as you know, he, he crops up later uh, in other parts of the Heresy. So he dips while the rest of the White Scars mainly die. Um, and little Horace sort of sees with clarity. What I'm getting at here is he finally, under the knife, as they're putting his face back on, does not look as good. By the way, they basically put flex tape on it. <laughs> uh, it's like Phil Swift. Phil Swift here to show you the power of flex tape. We, we saw cut his, half his... his face in oh, half. Yeah. Damn it! I fucked it. bottle that. But um, and he's like, he finds under the surgeon's knife, he sees with clarity, the, f- and he's like, oh my god, this feeling I've had this whole time is fear. Fear of what? And then the image that he can never see comes to mind. And it's Garviel Loken. And he's like, uh, I mean, this is what fear is, but I don't have anything to fear because Garviel Loken is dead. And that's kind of how the book ends. And it was the last, it's the first time in a long time because we'd just done Garrow. And then I did this just as a primer for Vengeful Spirit. I was just like in the road, I was just walking home from uni. I was like, oh shit, it's about to go down in Vengeful Spirit because it was just the, the setup was too good. And so, like, that moment where Garviel Loken comes face-to-face with Little Horus again, um, it was just so good. And I think that it had a, a real payoff. And it seems like the beef is really going to be between Little Horus and Loken. I don't know if you sort of got that feeling. Uh, well, yeah, because, you know, Little Horus kind of... To, you know, he got his face taken off, but he kind of took someone else's head off, you know. And that person, uh, that's part of why I think Logan's kind of got some warp fuckery about his PTSD, right? Because uh, it, it's Tarek, isn't it? Sure, uh, yeah. So I think yeah. if you cast your mind back, Little Horus was always much more reluctant to go to, uh, like, sort of fight with, not and not just in the physical sense, but sort of, he... You know, the, the Mournival split down the middle, right, with Horus, Little Horus and Abaddon and Loken and Torgadon. But Little Horus was always much more reluctant in that split than Abaddon. So I think that's why Loken hates him more, almost. Because, yeah, not only did he kill Tarek Torgadon, who he then had to spend, like, potentially a, like a year with his headless body in that temple. Um, but also, Little Horus didn't have the balls to stand up for what was right. Uh, and he he knows that little Horace knows that that it was the wrong thing to do to, to go with the war master. That's, that's how I interpret it. So I think Loken now... See, and now little Horace is just like a... He's going to be like a fucking coward for the rest of the heresy now, I imagine. I think that's really going to change how, how we see it. Um, I mean, enough. sorry, I've spent a lot of time talking about Little Horus there, but I I think he's he's one to watch, and I'm interested to see how his arc ends. Um, going forward, why don't you what what would what's the next arc you'd like to talk about? Uh, I guess the knight would be like the, the House Divine. House yes. Divine, as I as I was told, they were called by the narrator. Um, Divine Bullifer 
at the beginning, not the vine. Yeah. There so that was a yeah, that was interesting. They were a little bit un- unhinged. <laughs> they were a little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> they were a little bit weird. Um, I mean, what 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 did you like the arc? What did you like about the arc? Did you like that they were really weird? Well, did I like the arc? Uh, yeah. I mean, I liked the arc as I liked the book, you know? Uh, there wasn't any, like, arc that I didn't like. Did I like okay. what they were doing? Hell nah, man. <laughs> there were some weird-ass Slaneshi boys. One of them wasn't even a Slaneshi follower. It was just like, yeah, like, my wife, who was also my sister, by the way, is into the, all of this really kinky shit, so I guess I'll just let her do it because, you know, why not? <laughs> I yeah. also benefit from said kinky shit, I guess. Uh, and it's just like this weird thing where it's just like this th- th- this guy is writing out what was like, he's got a bunch of ambition, right? And all he wants essentially is to bang his sister and ride his knight, right? That's all he wants in life. But like, he can't ride his knight whenever he wants because his dad is in charge of who rides the knights, right? So he then kills his dad because his knight gets like, damaged by a malagra was it yeah like a massive malagra which is like this beast who is apparently like a monkey but not really um so he just kills his dad like pushes him down yeah his dad his dad wasn't a nice guy either though was he so his dad yeah he basically raven did all the heavy lifting and his dad was like i'll you'll get the assist and he's just like oh that's it old man (laughs) the future is now how many times do you have to teach you this lesson, old man? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, only he once, just kind of. Yeah, well, only once, yeah, in that case. But yeah, he just fucking kills his dad and then goes like, there's this whole weird scene where he goes to his brother. Step. Is it stepbrother or half brother? It's half brother. Um, like, he just tortures his half brother. But like, if he hadn't done that, then the whole arc wouldn't have culminated as it did. Because the fact that he tortures his brother, like, personally, because it's never him going there, like, gives his, like, insane half-brother lucidity. Like, he just goes like, well, now that you've done that, I'm the rightful heir to House Divine, and I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fuck you up. (laughs) And, like, the whole arc just devolves from that singular moment where Raven just goes like, I need to gloat in this guy's face. Um... And yeah, it's just like looking back, you just go like, "Why would you do that?" Like that's just that's not just fucked up. That's really fucking stupid. You're telling the one person that could dethrone you by just leaving this room that he can now dethrone you by just leaving this room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like why? Yeah, they're not. A, they are not a happy family. That's for sure. Um. Yeah, and I. <laughs> I mean, it, it culminates uh, on the battlefield, right? And, on a Molek, and they turn. I I sent you the um, if, if anyone knows it, the Bart Simpson. Hey, cool! I'm dead, and it's like Imperator Knights when they're put in. Uh, sorry, Imperator Titans when they're put into a Horus Heresy novel. I I, I can't remember the last time an Imperator made it through a novel. Was it even the one in Mechanicum gets killed, right? Or one of them at least. Uh wait 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 the what in Mechanicum? <laughs> you know when they attack um the female Majos's city, the Imperator yeah. Titan, don't they like they flood the city or something with magma to kill it, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it sinks into the magma. Exactly. Dies there. Um maybe the one on the bat in the Battle of Davin, you know what the 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 remembrancer crashes a shuttle into? That one might survive. I think that that's like Legio Mortis's main Imperator, I think, is still alive. But like, yeah, yeah it's, it, uh... it's like the one in Betrayer gets basically destroyed. It's captured. Um, these things don't seem to be uh, very cost effective. That's all I'm saying. They don't seem to do that well in uh, in the Horus Heresy. I mean, to be fair, like essentially every Imperator we've seen getting destroyed was by some weird like one of a kind trick or some kind of treachery yeah i mean you've got to be clever to take down an imperator unless you have an imperator yourself and then it's just yeah it's just 50 50 whether you win or not or whichever imperator has the biggest gun exactly um or who fires first 
Um, so it's obviously they're destroying Imperator. Um, and they're basically, yeah, those those pesky knights. Um, <laughs> I forget I forget how that arc even sort of concludes. Is that basically where do where do we go from there with them? Uh, well, that you, you get you get Albert, uh, which is the rightful heir of House Divine, going insane and going like, "Here, my brothers, go insane with me!" Uh, after he strikes a deal with, uh, it's Fulgrim. It's Fulgrim. I'm just gonna tell you, it's like this white naga, which is like a snake. Yeah. but really big but it's full yeah <laughs> it's just he's just sitting there going like hey yo bro i got <laughs> i got some some nice shit for you you want to you want to strike a deal and then raven's like no here's a thermal lance and then he's like i'm not gonna lose another brother and it just kind of induces a fugue state and albert and they just start imagining yeah. it's like the dark angels uh like uh what's the name of the um is it literally dark angels uh What's the um... the Legion or the? No, 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 no! Like the book, like the initial uh, one. There's Descent of Angels. It's Descent of Angels. That's that's yeah, the one. Descent yeah. of Angels and then Fallen Angels is the second one. Yeah, it, it just goes on a, on a like, oh, I I am the Storm Lord, aka the Lion, kind of. I'm gonna go hunt this massive creature. <laughs> it's like mm. exactly the same thing as happens on Caliban, but he's just imagining the whole thing because the giant creature is actually the Imperador, uh, and so they. You know, they, they flanked the Imperator because it was on their side. They killed the Imperator because there's a bunch of, like, people from yeah, their go, house inside the Imperator. Right? They go full Power Rangers on it, don't they? And, like, combine their laser beam. Yeah, it's like... It's Megazord. full on Ghostbuster, man. That yeah, never yeah. never cross beams, but they go just go, like, never cross what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go nuclear on that. Yeah. Yeah. And the Sacrosons just kind of go like, yeah, fire suppression systems, Le Mans, none of that. Just destroy everything inside the Imperator and so it blows up. Uh, Health like and safety regs the, are uh... not key when it comes to the 31st millennium. <laughs> um, yeah, and one thing I don't really want to do is to go into massive detail on the battle because like, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot to cover. There's some key points in the battle, but I think it kind of just has to be read. And if you haven't read it, if you want a we're not gonna be able to do the battle justice necessarily if you want a really good description you have to read the book but we see the blood angels are essentially the plan was to turn the blood angels um now this was a problem I, like within the first day of me starting listening to this book i messaged you like oh for god's sake this has got stuff from fear to tread in it which if you're not aware is the blood angels book that it's sort of their main book in the horus heresy about their story and and i fit you know it's mentioned a couple of times sort of cygnus is mentioned um and also I, from your wiki lurkings you might already know what the red angel is i'm not sure if you're aware uh yeah it's the uh, right uh, uh but do you, uh, you do you know what it is you you're aware of uh, what 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 made it the the, the red angel yeah I'm not aware of what made it, no. Okay. I, I just know it Are you aware? So, okay. <laughs> but essentially, he tries to turn the Blood Angels, some Blood Angels in this book, and they're just like, no, and just off themselves rather than turn. Um, and this is why the Blood Angels are the third, second or third best legion in the Horus Heresy after the Imperial Fists. All right, all right, all right. Loyal, let's, let's loyal back. boys, loyal boys. You know, I think the Imperial Fists are the only best legion, loyalist legions absent from this book. And I will say, I will say, you know, I was listening to this and then all those Sons of Horus Beakies were shown off. It's been a real battle not to, uh, it's been a real test of my will to not cross the uh, divide and join the Sons of Horus because they're sort of like, they're quite, at this point at least, they're still quite sane. Uh, they're just like really cool and quite aggressive. Um, but yeah, so that, that happens in the battle. So the blood angels do kind of have an arc, but it is just kind of like, uh, just riding it. It's just for charge of the light brigade, basically in 30 K form. I'm, I'm there for it to be fair. Um, now I guess we can talk a bit about Horus. Horus's arc is an interesting one. Um, I would I would genuinely argue that 
whilst this book has a lot of good Sons of Horus content, I've kind of missed all of these characters being in a novel again. I don't know about you. The Lunar Wolves and Sons of Horus characters and seeing Lunar Wolves and Sons of Horus as a legion properly written again. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been essentially since the... um... The, I think we had, I think in Fallen Angels there were some Sons of Horus, you know, who fight the lion, um, uh, on the sort of Manufactorum world. But like, they were in like the wrong art. They, they were like still in Lunar Wolf colors. I think they, someone didn't tell that author that they changed their colors, <laughs> so um, they were white in that book, and so it kind of didn't feel the same. But yeah, we got them all back in 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 this book. But I, you know, Horus is as his as an individual character is definitely there's not a massive amount of examination of what happens to Horus in this book whether whether that's deliberate or or not um and i i say this singing the praises of the other arcs because they were really good but i think he might just have he genuinely has one of the weaker character arcs in this book i don't know about you i i I feel like it's on purpose because he's not meant to um like he's the star of the whole series, right? But I don't mm. think he's meant to be the star of this book. Like it's mostly meant to focus on uh, the Mournival and you know the uh, Imperial uh, arcs, I guess, right? Yeah, and, and to be fair, now that you've said that, I'm I'm kind of here for it because if you've you know Varela knows, and if you've listened to the podcast like earlier episodes, I like my Emperor ambiguous and barely mentioned, and Horus is the the antithesis of that. Um, so not having him completely explained outright, I think was quite good. Yeah. You know, in a way I'm, I I think I'm a little bit relieved. We didn't go in the warp portal with him and learn what, what he'd been up to. Oh, I I know what, I know what he did. I'm like 90% sure what happened. What did he do? What did he do? do? He went through the, um, various realms of the chaos gods. It's even said there's like four, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he just went like he went up to the palace of Slanesh, which is like meant to be a super long, almost impossible trip. He went through the um, the maze of Zinch, I think it's called, uh, right, yeah. the Nurgle's garden and whatnot. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's what he did. That's why I know. I know, yeah, I know. But we didn't we didn't have like the chaos gods as characters. Oh it, yeah. In the we we're left to figure out what what he's got up to. And, and we get the implication that whatever he did, he's been there doing that for, like, years. Um, have, that, have you watched the show Invincible? The animated uh, I, show? I, I haven't, but I, I know about it, yeah. Oh, okay. I, Spoilers I for Invincible now, out of nowhere, for, like, the next 30 <laughs> seconds. But there's, like, a, an alien race that keeps trying to invade Earth in very short intervals. It's, like, every few days they turn up in the same place. But time on their world is, like it's like decades pass between each attack um, and they keep coming. So they're really old. And then basically Omni-Man, who's like the Superman of the invincible world, literally flies through this portal and just like destroys their whole planet. And then just comes back and he's got like a beard and he looks a little bit older because he's like this Omni being. And that's basically what happens to Horus. So he's gone, he's gone and we're like, Oh, we know he did some crazy shit in that portal. Uh, And he's back now and he's, off his nut basically um, yeah. and you know he mentions he mentions kind of outright I'm not going to be a king I'm going to be a god um, you know I feel like that dialogue was a little on the nose didn't really bother me too much but we know he's almost achieved that the symbolism is there when he comes out of that portal um, that he is that he is nearly there and he is also responsible for the killing of our boy Yakton. Uh, what do you think he said to him in his final moments? Uh, I think he essentially said, "I wish, I, I wish you were the whole the old auras, but as you are, go fuck yourself." Yeah, <laughs> essentially. And Horus said, "The future is now, old man." Kabang. So you know, Come and on. um. Euphrates Keeler, spe- speaking through Mercedes Ollerton, says that Yakton will no longer be the half herd. He will have the voice of you know the whole legion. What what what's the symbolism behind that? Do you think what do you uh, what do you think that means? I think it's uh, another like stab at Horus's ego, 
uh, essentially. Like, because uh, Horus knows that... Horus, I think Horus always knew that at the end of the day, Yakpin was like, this is what the Legion stands for, right? Like, once you look at Yakpin, you just go like, these are the Luna Wolves, like, the old guard at least, right? This is what they were back in the day. And, like, the fact that someone that was that loyal to the idea of his Legion, right, just went like, yeah, no, go fuck yourself. Is like, is like Grylanor, um confronting Fulgrim almost, right? Even though we don't get, like, an explicit conversation. Which I think at the end of the day can kind of make it more powerful, in my eyes at least, you know? Um, so yeah, you have that whole thing where it's, like, the only person that always listened to Yakton, even if he didn't, like, show it, which is Horus, like, actually listened to him and, like, felt the entire weight of the old Luna Wolves, like, behind Yakton's honest words, you know? Uh, and maybe that's why he kills him so brutally, and then just lets Loken go over uh, and be like, no, my brother. Yeah, I mean, he literally do... rips the heart out of the, the... Both hearts. Both hearts out of one of the last Lunar Wolves. And I think that's where Loken's journey is going to be now. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be the last, the last Lunar Wolf. He's found himself again. And he's going to try and act as the Lunar Wolves would have acted and carry that responsibility going forward. Um, so, you know, I think there was a concern that Yakton was going to be the last Lunar Wolf because Loken never found himself again after his fan. But he froze that he froze the shackles of the name of the Sons of Horus off in front of his Primarch and says, that's not who I, that's not who I am. That's never who I was. That's just, you know, that was just a name in a uniform. Of, you know, I, I am to my core a lunar wolf um, and then a name and a below standard color scheme yeah that's white, right white to be fair white and black are the goat color schemes um it's just that simple primary colors man primary colors yeah imagine imagine having sea green what what do you, what color is is that even like the the sea isn't green man the sea isn't green it's not green it's not green <laughs> Are you teal? Not really. Are you straight green? No. Make up your mind, Sons of Horus. God damn. And I think that speaks to a deeper level about the Sons of Horus. <laughs> they can't pick a primary colour to show their, their confused <laughs> personality as a new legion. They can't yes. find themselves. Oh, yes. The whole the whole sea green saga is actually a reflection of what's going on in Horus Aximen's head. Exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. Oh, and no, it's, like, it's like those YouTube Horus. channels. It's like those YouTube channels that pull like random Easter eggs out of thin air from like every Marvel trailer. They're like, <laughs> you know, we've done it a little bit to be fair with the clickbait, but it's like the 56 <laughs> things you missed with the new Moon Knight trailer. Like... Number one, he likes, he can't distinguish between night and day because he's always weird and dreaming and stuff. Yes, you didn't notice that. <laughs> the word knight has two meanings because he does all of his superheroing at night, but he's also a knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Spoilers for Moon Knight. Oh, sorry, guys. No, shit. Oh no. It's, Did you guys know that he speaks to a mirror? Like the oh, mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not actually yeah, spoiling yeah. people. No, it's not. It's in the trailer, dude. <laughs> Oh, it's one. That's one of the. That's one of the fifty-six things I missed. <laughs> Thank God for these videos. Oh. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, there's there's horrors. I mean, is is there any other? What's the arcs that we're missing? Uh, we're missing Olivia's, which isn't much to be fair, but it's an yeah. interesting one. Can we talk about Grugor for a minute? Oh right, he comes back. Talk about a glow up. He's like. You know, with with this, he he is life eater virus now. Yeah, that that damn house Carl thought he could kill me with the house he, uh, with the what? You okay. Oh then? no, you just no, checked I think out. I just had a strong. Uh, any, anyways, uh, that house Carl thought he could kill me with the life eater virus, but I became it. I consumed the life eater virus. That's right, and it's um, that was yeah. That was crazy. He just he just had a he just had a walk through this jungle and <laughs> deleted it. He's, he 
he was out here playing Minecraft creative mode, uh, <laughs> just mowing everything down, and the Death Guard are just petering on behind him. And like he's too he's too powerful, man. Because like even when the Ultramarines are dug in, Mortarian's like, do you just want Grugor to walk down there? Uh, we wouldn't have this problem. He could just walk down there, and everyone would die. And Horus <laughs> is makes it overcomplicates it in the uh, in the name of sort of self importance. I mean, it's also you know you, you don't know what it's going to react, how it's going to react with whatever's down there, man. You know, like yeah, you got you do have to go as point. a you have to go as a chaos servant undivided. You can't lead with a <laughs> Nurgle guy. I don't want to give off a wrong uh, impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this book was was really strong, and I'm trying to really think of like sort of what else to cover because we, we, you know, perpetual lady, we, you covered really. You we did, did talk through it. You did talk through it, and just uh, obviously, I mean, very. I I thought something. So you know, at the end, where the girls reading the book, yeah, I thought something much more messed up was going to happen. I thought like so like we Samus is in this book. Graham McNeil. Oh, no. Graham McNeil was like, I'm gonna give these. I'm gonna give this book so much fan service. I'm totally here <laughs> for it. By the way, he's like everyone. Everyone was Samus in the original book though. Is he in book one? That's uh, why. With the yeah, it's heads. in book one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and um, it's cool. I mean, we've had him in No No Fear as well, and they take the piss out of him. They're just like, oh, <laughs> you keep, you, the Sons of Horus are like, oh, I mean, he keeps getting killed by good people. Seems to be a recurring problem. Yeah, he pops up, instantly gets killed. Like, come on, man. Yeah, he'll learn his lesson at some point. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, he appears. I thought like the kid was going to get turned into Samus at the end or something, or like Samus was going to get sort of injected into the soul of his child through that book at the end because it's Graham McNeil at the end of the day. I, you know, the guy, the guy does not pull his punches when it comes no, to weird stuff. We're still traumatized over Fulgrim. <laughs> yeah, and having spoken to Heresy Lodge, I think we haven't even seen like the craziest stuff. Angel Exterminatus was pretty weird as well. That was pretty weird turning Fulgrim into a snake man. <laughs> yeah, like who does that, man? Come on, snake man? <laughs> who turns into a snake man? Weird people, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it. You know, it was a it was a really good book. And I think usually our episodes are a little bit longer because we have a rant about some stuff that we might not like so much. But I, the book was just really well balanced. I mean, uh, I think the Knights Errant part for me was like particularly like the the special bit. I think if and ever if everything was to like the Knights Errant standard, I this book may have been like reaching great heights. Um, but I I just think it was just a really really strong balanced book which you need every now and again you know and graham does that he he does he goes unhinged in and like crazy with with his plots in like full grim and even like mechanicum mechanicum is like a really crazy plot and, and it's in a good way but then he also does thousand sons and false gods and uh vengeful spirit like you know that are really balanced in their in their view and are not going too crazy and for sure, for sure. I'm very excited to um, to sort of see what Horace is like going forward. Although I think it might be a while in terms of our seasons until he crops up again. Um, but I imagine pretty stonks. Because I think, for example, the new edition trailer is him post-Moloch. And you can see it in his eyes because he looks absolutely unhinged. <laughs> whereas whereas in the start of the invasion of Moloch he's still like his former self almost he like he leads from the front um he's quite honorable but and then and then he sort of starts slipping a little bit more and then by um by the end of the book he's like I'm gonna become a god uh, I am a god I am a god oh, look at me hello Loken uh and yeah, and some of the knights errant have made it out, so they'll we'll we'll have to go on and see. Uh, shout out to the um, the assassin pilot, by the way. I forget True. her name. She was in that's that. a Rasua. Yeah, she, she's a 
unsung hero in this book gets Logan, Logan and the Knights Errant out of the bind they find themselves on on the Vengeful Spirit. Now, um, here's a question for you. Bit of theory crafting here. Oh? Will Loken be there for the end? Do you think? Do you think he'll be on the Vengeful Spirit's bridge? Because uh, I think that I think a lot of characters that weren't written in the old lore as being there are going to be on. Are going to be at least uh, at least there at the end. Not maybe not necessarily while the Emperor fights Horus, but perhaps, perhaps, and, and perhaps certainly in the aftermath. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It would be weird if he wasn't. It would yeah. be weird if he wasn't. Almost like, to get like closure. Yeah, like yeah. even if it's oh, you know, you know what? You know how I'm pretty sure Horus Aximan doesn't show up after uh the heresy is over, right? Like at all. I don't think uh, he's in 40k law now. Yeah, but neither does Logan, right? So what if they just like trade? <laughs> I really oh, that'd be poetic poetic but sad, wouldn't it? Yes. Um Yeah, I I mean I think I think he's going he's going to stay on terror for a, for a while now, Loken. He's going to vibe, so we'll have to see what happens in the siege. But if he makes it through sort of the actual the siege, not necessarily the siege book series, but if he makes it through the, the to the point where they go up to a vengeful spirit, I you know, if there's one thing Black Library authors like, it's a motley crew. So it's going to be like big. It's going to be Biggie, Dawn, Sanguinius. It's going to be quite a big motley crew, by the way. A load of custodies. Eric Taranis, obviously. The Sanguinary Guard. Eric Taran. <laughs> Who? Eric Taranis? What? Taranis? Who's that? <laughs> it's the Thunder Warrior. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be them. It's going to be an Avengers moment. Who else? So Loken's going to be there. Garrow will probably be there. Uh, uh, Rubio? Obviously. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't be Motley Crew without a psyker. True, true, true. So uh, uh, we got we got Sanguinius, and like the Sisyphean right? crew, because why not? Oh, we can't forget uh, Alenius Pius, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Grammaticus will be there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Alfaris, <laughs> Alfaris will be there. <laughs> well, somewhere for sure, yeah. Um, if they don't do something with Alfaris at the, you know, if there's going to be a switcheroo. Of some description in terms of the old law to the new law, Alfaris will have to be a part of it. I'm sure, especially because the final book is is gonna be written by Abnet, who loves his Alpha Legion. Dude, the guy that uh that Thorn killed was actually Ingo Peck, and uh, Ingo Peck is actually Alfaris. Alfaris, there you go. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, and then you, then you where's Omegon? Omegon apparently since this brother's uh, death, but that's just because Alpharius is just like, yes, Ingolpec is dead, so now I'm going to pretend I'm dead. So Omegon will be like, I am Alpharius. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we go ranting and raving too much, I think we're about ready to close off another season of Horus Hour. This go time ahead. actually an hour long. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it depends how long this outro takes. Oh, shit. Uh, it's um i mean we've we've had we're now well over the halfway i think we you know in terms of the actual horus heresy and the siege it's 10 seasons planned we've now we're going we're going to be going to season seven brother i think we're actually going to make it for the end of the end of the series Incredible. <laughs> i was reading our books right now it's that gif of the guy like sweating a bunch and just clicking random buttons exactly and then we've got the Primark and the character series to do. So there you go. It's never going to oh, end. Shit. It's never going to end, buddy. It's going. It's this series is perpetual. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we'll at least take a couple of weeks off through April, just to let these reveals get out of the way. Um, so maybe a couple of weeks, and then we'll start rumor engine up. But you know, Games Workshop just loves stealing our thunder. It's just that simple, right? Yeah, so, they hate us. They hate us. They hate I us because they hate us. Yeah, we ain't even done nothing. They just kind of hate us, dude. I do keep going on about Mark II. I think they're kind of fed up about it. I mean, I did did answer Graham McNeil with a with a knight. Maybe he complained. (laughs) He's 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 he doesn't care. uh, (laughs) Yeah, thanks for another great book, Graham. And hopefully we'll have Graham on again soon. Um, 
and we'll we'll see. So, rounding off season of season six of Horus Hour, it is goodbye from me and from Varela. I'll see you. Bye now. <laughs>